Welcome to the Winding Down Podcast. This is episode 8 with myself, Adam, and Alicia. Hello. We are back and uh, nearing our, our first 10 episodes completed, and we're going on a global tour, it would seem, with all of our wine selections. Yeah, we've, we've uh, had quite a variety so far, so I'm excited to see what we got today. We've got a couple cool ones also lined up, uh, and this is one of them, uh, certainly from the looks of it. Um, the wine we're going to be drinking this episode is called... The 2017 Grinder from Pinotage, a uh, winery in South Africa. And we have not had a South African wine yet. No. So what kind of wine is it? So this wine, uh, it's a very good question, Lee. Like, is it a Pinotage or is that the... I think that is the the... producer. Um, It is a uh, red blend, which is what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be sort of learning about on this episode. Uh, What is a red blend? Because... I didn't really know. I just kind of accepted it for what I believed it was, which is a blend of red wines, which is what it is. But um, there's a little bit more to it and also a little bit of almost a laziness that comes with the term red blend as far as wine producers and makers are concerned. Um, But I wanted to start by asking you, what do you know about the term red blend? I Same as you, I kind of just assumed that it was a bunch of different red grapes just kind of all blended together. And you're not wrong with that. That's exactly what a red blend is. So the episode's over. That's episode eight. No, um, sorry guys, that's kind of boring. No, I I, I read a couple episodes. One was on food articles. and wine. What did I say? Episodes. Episodes. Sorry, I'm stuck in podcast mode. I read a couple articles. Um, one was from uh, foodandwine.com, and the other one's from Vine Pair, and uh, a, a website a website we've uh, talked Ventured about before. before yeah. And it's basically one of this one, actually, the one I'm, I'm landed on here at uh, vinepair.com is we need a better way to talk about red blends, um, specifically because there's so much that goes into the term red blend, whereas the, you know, describing a, a wine as a red blend isn't really enough. Okay. Um, so th- there's actually two, uh, there's actually two types of red blends that people are probably most, fam- most familiar with. Uh, food and wine specified uh, the the maker Apothic, uh, oh, Apothic like Red. Yeah. So have that you has had it before. I have. It's yeah, really good. It's like a, a, a black label. Yeah, uh, with it's red a dark lettering. Bottle. Yeah, dark bottle, and then like the the A for Apothic is like very gothic looking, and it's got um, some red on there. Yeah, and there's like little like designs around it, and it's like you know, and like there's like a capital letter to start a sentence in a book, and it's like really big. And yeah, that's what like it looks that. like. The other it's one, really good. The other one was Gnarly Head, uh, Authentic Black. Uh, they, they described them as supermarket wines. Uh, then they said, you're part of the trend because this article was written in 2017. Um, and it's called, What Are Red Blends Really? Uh, and it's talking about this sort of wave of, of red blends uh, and red wines moving towards being red blends. Uh, and when you break it down, it really is a winemaker, a winery, mixing together multiple varieties of red grapes to come up with a blended wine. Is it, sorry, just, just to jump in there. Is it a certain couple types of grapes that usually are in red blends or is it kind of just whatever the grower has i think so i think every winery like will have especially if you're talking about let's say california red blend because california is one of the new world wine regions who's really excelling but we've learned that it's very difficult to grow um pinot noir in california right Uh, whereas Cabernet Sauvignon is a little bit easier to grow there. So a lot of wineries or Merlot, for instance, will have uh, Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot as the primary grapes on their wineries. And then, you know, if if they are trying out or if they're growing smaller uh, crops of Pinot Noir or Gamay or whatever it may be, 
they'll mix these together to create a red blend. Okay. So it it could almost be seen as, and I don't know the specifics of the winemaking process, but like instead of um, just overproducing a certain variety, you can make almost a new branding and a new flavor profile by mixing, um, you know, le- not leftover wine, but wine that's not spoken for for previous orders into this new this new product. Okay. So it, it's almost um, when I think California, I think like go green and like be responsible econo- ecologically. Um, and this almost fits into that as well because it's not a specifically a, a California or a North American phenomenon, the red blend craze, but it's something that's really been embraced there. And they, they pinpointed 2015 as the year where it really kicked off uh, to become a, an international wine trend. And was it because maybe one certain grape wasn't as fruitful that one year, so they kind of needed to bulk it up with other ones or... I mean, I guess that could be a theory. I have no idea. <laughs> no, and it, and it absolutely could be. There's nothing that I have read that necessarily pushed towards that. Okay. Um, but it, it really started to drive down the price in wines, especially from specialty winemakers. So by there not being, a, you know, a winery is not specifying every single grape for a certain single varietal, uh, they're able to drive down price with more production. Okay. Which is good for the consumer. So for other red wines... Um, like, for example, a Pinot Noir. Are the grapes called Pinot Noir? Correct. So they're Pinot Noir grapes? Correct. Like, specifically? Yes. Okay. So, like, a, like even white wine, like a Chardonnay, the grapes are actually called Chardonnay grapes? Yes. Huh. Okay. So... Maybe, and also, maybe one episode we should do, um, like, the actual process of making wine. We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, and that'd be something that you and I would both have to learn as well, which would be kind of cool to relay the message along. I'm I'm down with that as well. Um, Something that that they do point out, and this is uh, what spurred it on in 2015, um, was basically that the California wine laws uh, opened up wine percentages to 25% uh, allowed to be mixed in from other varietals. So this basically says your Cabernet Sauvignon may be 25% not Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh. So, I don't like that. That's like, I feel like they're being sneaky or something. I know, I know. I don't it, like that. It, it sort of, I guess that's true, but it also gives you the ability to... Um, Beef up your... It, it can stretch your Cabernet stock more, but also if you if there's something that you can pull from, uh, let's say a Pinot Noir grape, that's really, you know, there's like a... A, a unique flavor exactly. profile, yeah, that you want to kind of mix in with your... It could enhance the flavor and make yours unique. That's that's true. That's kind of cool. Outside of uh, environmental impact on it. So uh, basically, when it comes to red blends, uh, red blends basically are blended red wines, uh, but it goes much more deep than that because red blend really is just the cover of the book because you could have a red blend that is Pinot Noir, Merlot, and uh, Gamay, but that's not going to be anything near the next varietal of red wine because it's different. It could be you know one or two of the same. It could be three completely different varietals of, of grapes. Um, so red blend is really a shallow term when it comes to winemaking, but one that's used as a consumer friendly term. Okay. Which I seem- like it. Yeah. And it seems like there, there's almost this constant fight between keeping wine, this like classy pillar of like, you know, civilization right. and also stretching it down to how can we get as many people drinking as much wine as possible? And that would be by taking out. Um, different language words like Cabernet Sauvignon, Pinot Noir, things that maybe ha- people are skeptical about, you know, dipping their toe into, but also by lowering the price point and making it widely av- available. And as you had mentioned, 
um, with the 25% for uh, one single type grape. When you mix in different varieties, you can also make either you know sweeter grape, a sweeter wine, sorry, or you know you can you or can focus on different things that would be consumer friendly. Right. But do you think that from a buyer point of view, like especially red blend, I don't because I just feel like if I see a red blend, I like I don't know if this is just me, but I just. I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably a bit cheaper. Because I just don't feel like it's like a bougie name, you know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like dogs, like purebred versus a mutt. It's, sure. like, it's a mutt wine. It's, it's a mutt wine. It's a mudblood almost. <laughs> like it, it, it fe- I, I feel the exact same way. Um, but uh, this article does end on a, a report from Nielsen. Uh, I don't know who Nielsen is. But basically saying that a 20, 2015 report noted that half of those surveyed about their feelings on red blended wine I uh, believe that it's allowed them to confidently experiment with wine, uh, but there's no we- reason to uh, quash that experimental notion. So, so basically, it, it takes away that um, that barrier to entry on wine, with okay. it being just a, an approachable title, uh, and not you not you not necessarily having to be like, oh, I I, I like a Malbec or like right. you know what I mean. So. Uh, Do the red blends have on the back what type of grapes were used, or probably not? Well, right? I think that they would. Um, He's trying to no, hide the I, bottle from me. <laughs> exactly. So I, uh, I'm looking on here, and it actually does not. I wouldn't think one. it does, because even if it was like, for example, Pinot Noir with a different other grapes, they wouldn't say like, "Oh, it's a Pinot Noir with other grapes." Yeah, right? I, I I completely agree with that. So. Um, so, uh, this is an experiment, you know, we, we've done things like look into Vino Verdes, which are, uh, generally speaking, pretty inexpensive wines. This is something we, we want to go through and taste this, uh, 2017, The Grinder by Pinotage to basically see if we think, if, if this wine changes our minds on... Blends. On blends and if it's, if it's a lower quality wine, quote unquote. Okay. Um, so... Should we um, talk about the bottle a bit? Absolutely. All right, so this bottle is super cool. I'm happy that Adam picked it. Again, I'm not leaving the house, so Adam does all the the shopping here. Uh, But the bottle is a nice green, and the top uh, label where the cap is, it's kind of like candy cane red and white spiraled, which is kind of fun. But the label itself, um, it says the grinder, but there's, um, what do you call those little up arrows? I don't know. Like an up arrow, like... Uh, for the date, so 2017, so the 2017 grinder, um, and then on the front is actually a coffee ground, a coffee grinder, like an old school, like an hand old crank. school hand coffee crank, which is kind of fun. There's some coffee beans coming out of it, and then it's sitting on top of a like cafe work. Yeah, where it catches the grinds underneath. Yeah, and it's, it's like a cartoon, and it arc- looks super vintage, cartoony. And it's it's really fun to look at. This is like an instance of I was literally walking down the alley and like that looks really cool, and I grabbed it. Yeah, like it, this is one Super that, that draws you in. And I love that the label's not straight and it's not like a perfect uh, rectangle. It's like curved up and then kind of like a banner, and then the bottom's curved. Yeah, like a waving flag almost. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, and the cap certainly grabs your attention as well. Uh, G on the top for oh, grinder. Yeah, look at that. Uh, and it does have the. Uh, International Integrity and Sustainability Certified Wine and Spirit Board uh, import label on it. Awesome. So, uh, we've already cracked this wine and we have poured it into our decanter. So, shall we pour? We shall. We shall pour. All right. I will top myself up first. I'm so sorry. I keep yawning. Hopefully, it's silent on your end. I'm not bored. I'm just extremely tired. I sat, I sat on hold for an hour with the bank and didn't get through. So, it's I need this, glass of, I need this glass of wine. Now... 
Oh. Oh my goodness. What that do you smell? It is aromatic. I smell It smells like coffee. What? A hundred percent it smells like coffee. It smells like coffee grinds. It does. Oh what? my god. That's... That makes total sense. So we're just sort of doing our, our swirls here. Oh my god, it does. It smells like coffee. It has that sort of juicy what? sweetness, but <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> I've, never, I've never smelled any wine like that before in my life. It's very aromatic, though. Super aromatic. Yeah, you, before you even stick your nose close to the glass, you can smell. It, and it's not hidden. This is not like you have to try and smell coffee. And it makes sense, I guess, with what the wine label is. But the more I swirl. That's so weird. That is freaking me out. It, it has that like that earthy tone, like the warmness it's of coffee. It's definitely minerally kind of as well. I do get a bit of fruity too. Is it, Do you or no? You do. Oh, I, I, I do okay. for sure. Yeah, it's like, it, it's like backed by fruit, but it's almost like that wood. I don't know if this is oak or not that, that you're smelling on top, but it's, it's Woody, like... Woody, for sure. It's like a, it smells like a coffee shop, the inside of like a wooden old school hipster coffee, coffee spot. I mean, it doesn't smell like Tim Hortons. It's not like that type of... It's just like... Oh, it's not burnt coffee. No, it's... <laughs> Sorry, Timmy's. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Oh, that's so... That's remarkable. That's so interesting. I'm curious if Mozzie would smell it too. We'll ask him when he tries it at the end of this podcast. It's It's so unique though. Like we, we haven't had a wine that smelled like this. It smells smoky. It smells... Um, I, I shouldn't even say it doesn't smell like burnt coffee because it kind of does have that charredness yeah. to it, but it's, it's smoky. It's woody. It smells like coffee. That is bizarre. It smells like coffee, but it definitely still smells like wine. There, there's a there's a freshness and lightness to the back of it that gives it that fruity white, uh, sorry, red wine that you're like expecting the, the scents on that. So, like strawberries, crushed like crushed, crushed berries, red fruit for sure. Because it smells, it does smell. No, it doesn't even smell sweet, but it does have that juiciness, that unctuousness that that fruit brings with it. I, unctuous. I'm, what does that mean? Unctuous is sort of. It's like a, I like it. Not like umami, but like. <laughs> <laughs> umami is like a flavor uh, it's like the on your tongue there's like sour bitter savory and then it's basically umami is like that like what makes your mouth water like salt inducing like when you know oh, okay. like your mouth's like a waterfall because you're like oh that sounds so delicious like salivating yeah it's like what um msg produces when when you're having like salty food oh okay um but like unctuousness is like juiciness and like i think it's kind of like sounds like what it is that is so insane. I really want to sip this now. Okay. Oh, my God. Crazy. It's Actually, weird. let's look at the color first because okay. when you look straight down, it's almost – a. it's very red, but it's very dark. It's almost brownie red in the middle. It is like um, almost coppery brownie. Hold up to the light. Like no light's getting through when I hold it up to the sun here. Very well, dark it, and opaque. It's pretty dark, but and if you it look definitely at the has rim, a browner, purplier, yeah, coppery tinge. For sure. And, and that comes through on the edge. There's like a watery little like meniscus, it's not but it's no, brownie. it's it's <laughs> certainly not rusty. It, yeah, it's more brown. I would say you did say copper, oh but I think God, that's the fading so red. Weird. I just can't, I keep getting whiffs, and it's weird because I think you have to like put in your brain. Because at first I was like, ah, oh, I don't get it, but then I'm like, as soon as you said coffee, I'm like, that smells like coffee. All right, do you want to go yeah. in for a sip? Let's do it. All right, cheers. cheers. Interesting. It finishes like a cup of coffee. It leaves your tongue very dry at the back. It's not overly bitter in my cheeks and on the on the side of my tongue, but there is a harshness when you swallow it. There is definitely a harshness and kind of like it makes my nose 
tingle. But I think that's with most red wines, just the... But the earthiness is very coffee-like because it doesn't taste sweet and fruity on the back of my tongue. It, it tastes like like moss or like like a dusty textbook or something like that. Yeah, definitely like it doesn't taste like I'm drinking coffee. But the after, I can definitely taste some similar profiles. Like the aftertaste, though. But it doesn't really taste like you're drinking wine either. <laughs> That's, this is a puzzling wine. Oh my god! I just like that. It tastes like it smells like yeah, that. Because you, because you, when you're going in for a sip, I notice it. Like you, you take a, a sniff as well. I do. No, I, I think everyone oh. does, and it just gives you that like bouquet of coffee. But kind of like we talked about a couple weeks ago. I talked the last thing I talked about. I think, ooh, um, is without smell, you don't really have a flavor profile, right? You plug your nose, you can't really taste it because your your flavor profile needs your knows to kind of influence the taste absolutely so what what an experience now when it comes to flavors i get like bing cherries like the sour cherries almost Mm -hmm. because there is that sort of acidity to it um sour cherries like coffee bean for sure at the end for it finishes very earth like we were saying like finishes earthy i think the mouthfeel is more for me anyways is more sour cherry raspberry i wouldn't say i get the overly sweetness of a strawberry or any citrus at all, really. I, I'm getting I'm getting earthy tones, almost mold. Yeah, mildewy. Not in a bad sense either. No. Just in a unique sense, mushrooms almost, uh, leather a little bit. But the smoke is there. The smoke is definitely there. But after, if you go like this, like you get like what I would think coffee beans taste like. Have you ever had coffee beans? The chocolate covered coffee beans or anything like that? No. Super intense. But they, they do have that like burnt taste to them. Yeah. That's kind of like what I'm getting. This is this is the most bizarre wine I think I've ever had. I don't even know if I like it or dislike it because I'm just sort of sitting here being like, what? What? Like, I'm curious to see like if that's in their flavor profile or if the back... Did the back say anything when you kind of glanced at it there? Um, I think it does. Do you want me to go into that? Is that why you got the coffee right off the bat? No. Uh, you can't smell that and not think it smells like yeah, coffee. True. That's bizarre. Because it, it smelled... If someone had ever told me that there was one wine that I've had in my life that was flavored with something else, it would be this wine flavored with coffee. That's so weird. But it obviously isn't. But I guess they get that... It's probably... Now, this is completely a hypothesis on it. It's probably from the finishing and aging of it being in a barrel. Yeah. So they toast it. Maybe it's a different type of wood that, that brings out something rather than oak necessarily. I don't know. But it's, it's toasted. It's got that smokiness, that depth of the bouquet as well as the, the flavor uh, in the back of your throat, the finish on it. But I would say like, there's no way that comes from the grape itself in my eyes. No, it has to come from the fermentation or, you know, the barreling. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah, the same yeah, yeah. thing. But yeah, it definitely has to come from something. Okay. <laughs> do you, want, do you want, want me to quiz you on it? A couple things on it? Uh, alcohol percentage. Oof. Does it taste um, alcoholic to you? I think that smelled. Oh, we let's look at the legs. Although I never quite remember. Lots of legs. Okay, I'm gonna say 13. 14 percent alcohol. Okay, so it's up there with the most alcoholic wines we've had. Yeah. Uh, and should I read the back of the the bottle here for you? Yeah. It's just a little blurb. A sumptuous upfront nose of mocha and coffee beans leads to. Uh, an invitingly rich palette of wild berry and dark chocolate 
Enjoy with grilled and barbecued meats, delicious with smoked pork ribs. The bitterness of, of dark chocolate yeah, is like, what you get. Like that really, really dark chocolate that's almost like Too inedible. much. It's like, like 80% plus. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like 90% cocoa. Yeah. Like that bitter. I get that is wild. Yeah. that's So the grape grinder is the producer of the wine. Um, so it is a pinotage. So yeah, the, the grape grinder. Mm, let's 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 look into it. Can so, I see the back for a second? Absolutely. Um, while you're looking at that, I want to get your thoughts. Did you see the price of this when I pulled it up? No. Nope. All right. What do you think the the dollar value is on this wine at the LCBO? Um, I would say sixteen ninety five. It is. Drum roll, please. Fourteen fifteen. Oh. So a pretty a pretty cheap, not cheap, but inexpensive wine here. Um, so originating in South Africa, this award-winning wine pours deep ruby into the glass and has aromas of plum, candied cherry, and spice. Intense flavors of coffee, blackberry, and toasty oak wow, lead to a medium body and dry palate with silky tannins and a long finish. Pair with coffee rubbed ribs or grilled portobello burgers. So, wow, very informative. I, thought, I like what the LCBO does because it doesn't take a, doesn't take much to sort of tip you off to it here, but. Um, the grape grinder is the, uh, producer. So, uh, I think it's a Pinotage. Cause I, I remember in the documentary that we watched, they talked about Pinotage, but I don't know. I assumed it was a producer. So, uh, let's do a quick Wikipedia here for all, right. all the listeners. Pinotage is a red wine grape that is, uh, that is South Africa's signature variety. It was cultivated in 19... 19- okay, so there we go. So, then this is not a red blend. We've been leading everyone wow, down the false road. This is a pinotage. It is not a red blend. Whoa. Okay, that, now this is blowing my mind even more. So, pinotage is a great variety created in South Africa by Abraham Isaac Perold, the first professor of viticulture at Stellenbosch University. Perold was attempting to combine the best qualities of the robust hermitage with Pinot Noir. Oh, so, so it is a blend... And they've created... But it's it's a genetic blend. It's not a blend of wines. It's a blend of the genus, or the two types of grapes. Okay. So the Hermitage and the Pinot Noir. So Hermitage... I've never had that. So yeah, so the, the Cinso grape uh, is uh, the grape that they're talking about, the Hermitage. Um, and it's a red it's a red wine grape. Heat tolerant, productive, uh, and it's... Hermitage is a certain region. We've learned this from the Somme documentaries, yeah. where... Um, it's like a hill, hill hillside uh, wine location that runs down to a river. Super prestigious. It's like generation upon generation upon generation through the wars and everything. Uh, very well, prestigious area to, to grow wine and expensive wines come out of there. So the Cinso grape uh, is mixed with the um, Pinot Noir grape. So the best of both worlds and heat tolerant makes sense for South Africa. Although it is, you know, the climate does swing and whatnot. It is still an African country. So this is honestly, I just keep looking and smelling my glass because this is wild. Like no doubt about it. Like this is coffee scent. It, it's, I, it's, it's so interesting. It, I want to try another Pinotage wine yeah. to see exactly what, like if, if this is the grape or if it's how they finished it. Because it certainly is smoky and whatnot, which comes from that toasted oak barrel. But it blowing my mind, absolutely blowing my mind. It's very good. I like it. I think I like it because it's so nothing like I've ever tasted. So unique, yeah. And now I'm going to pull up the Vivino app here, and we'll okay. get you to, to see exactly what uh, people have been saying about this wine. But um, that is 
wild. I, I'm, I'm almost vindicated in the fact that the grapes are blended. <laughs> Woo! Uh, red wine. Yeah, and it, t- it says nothing about uh, a red wine blend, so... Did you just assume it was a blend? I have no idea how I got to the red blend. 3.6 stars. Okay. Average price is $13.99. I'm giving this a four-star review from us. Um, Dramatic coffee flavor on the nose backed up with crushed red berries. Um... What should we say? Um, sour Bing cherries. Oh, berries. Bing cherries mm-hmm. on, on the palate. I would just say, honestly, like a super a interesting. Smoky. Wait. With a smoke. Oops. Oh, Jesus. I'm having a tough time here. Smoke and like earthy. Yeah. Earthy finish. Of coffee beans. Super interesting and unique wine. Literally nothing like I've ever tasted before. No. And I gave it, I didn't mean to give it that four stars done. Okay. Okay. Um, okay so, uh, Leash, take us through the, uh, oh, I am Another a. explorer. Yes, I'm an explorer of South African Pinotage. Okay, take us through the uh, taste characteristics on here and the slider bar. All right, so on the slider bar, in terms of light and bold, this is definitely more on the bold side. Um, comparing smooth and tannic, it's right in the middle, which I would agree with. Uh, dry and sweet, it's more on the dry side. Which is, we nailed that because we said there's not much sweetness from the fruit flavors you're Even getting. Even the smell that we got, we didn't say that. It was very sweet smelling. Unbelievable. Um, and then in terms of uh, whether it's soft or acidic, it's in the middle. So pretty medium bodied, I guess, with just a bit more dry than it is, or a lot more dry than it is sweet. Now, what, what are the tasting notes that come with it? Coffee, chocolate, mocha, plum, blackberry, dark fruit, smoke, leather, earthy, we're all um, over that. I want so you're you're well versed in plums. Do you taste plums? Let me try. Yeah, have a swig and see if you get plums on it because that that's something I'm, I'm not familiar with. I can't get over the smell. I can't even drink it just because I'm like, oh my gosh. When you go in for a sip, the smell of coffee is just almost overwhelming. Plums are like a very like juicy, yeah, rich, yeah. like dark red fruit almost. I'm surprised you didn't get any when you went grocery shopping. I know. I was you should, flustered. Yeah, you should see next time. Prunes, figs, raisins. Pepper. Pepper. We, and we did hear spices on it. So let's read some uh, Let's read some reviews from other uh, Vivino users. So Vlad says, very good quality coffee pinotage. Insane value for $12. Super fun and easy drinking wine with delicious flavors of roasted coffee beans, dark chocolate, tobacco, and red cherry. I can see that. Um, and then Marion says, starts out with flavors of coffee, of course, and very dark chocolate, a bit of smoke, light with a decent dry finish, notes of mocha, and a slight hint of blackberry and prune. Medium acidity, best with creamy cheese like camembert, but I drank it with Gouda. Thanks for sharing, Marion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, people are just saying surprising, like, um, some Complex. chocolate sea salt notes. That's interesting. Um, in terms of wine ranking, this is top 11% of wines in the world, and it's top 16% of wines from the coastal regions. So it's definitely a must try, and that's what it says here. 
uh, an incredibly interesting wine. Pinotage is a must-try for anyone expanding their viticulture horizons. <laughs> a genetic, That's us. It is. A genetic cross between Pinot Noir and Cinso. Is that how you say it? Cinso? Yeah. The wine is deep and inky. Tastes less like any of the two grapes that make it up. <laughs> you will experience a wine that has more characteristics of Shiraz with deep, dark fruits and tobacco. Cool. That, this is such a unique experience. I looked at eight bottles of wine and just randomly picked this one. Honestly, because they were in a wine box and I could see the red and white candy cane on it. I'm so happy I picked this bottle of wine. Yeah. I loved it. This little, There's a little thing that's funny here. It says, quite frankly, until recently, Pinotage was sort of a joke among wine drinkers. This is changing and there are a number of good, well-balanced Pinotages on the market. There you go. It flavors, well, with big flavored foods... Sorry, pear as well. It goes exceptionally well with barbecue and Korean dishes. Leather, dark currant, and hoisin are all prominent flavors of this pinotage. Wow. Interesting. So cool. It, I think we have hit another home run here when I, it comes to it's so, wine selection. I would I would recommend this just for the experience of smelling and drinking and just like having something that you've never had before. If someone wanted, they're like, oh, like I'm not a big wine drinker. Like, can you recommend a red wine? I wouldn't say it's for them. No. Because I don't think they would almost appreciate it enough. Not that we have this it's huge... A, it's a weird flavor profile to have wine that tastes like coffee. And it like really smells and tastes like coffee. If someone was like, give me a cool wine, I'm saying the grinder pinotage. For sure. 100%. 10 yeah. out of 10 times if they want a cool red wine. Like this, this could be a cool party trick or something. I don't necessarily recommend it for like a, okay, I want to get drunk or a fancy steak dinner. Probably not. But backyard barbecue, like I said, bar- like barbecue yeah. ribs, like smoked meat and whatnot, yeah. it pairs well with that. I think this would be a great wine if you were going to do a very, um, like you said, like party trick almost, but like amateur wine tasting. It would be so cool to were, throw one of these in there. Put this in there and be like, what do you taste? I think eventually every person would say, like my mouth tastes like I ate dark chocolate right yeah. now. People would say coffee mocha, which is dark cho- or chocolate and coffee mix. Yeah. It tastes like coffee it's crazy it smells like coffee i think more. the smell more so than the taste but you definitely get hints of like it smells like coffee it burnt coffee beans it feels like coffee it tastes like dark chocolate and smoke yeah it's 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 a pretty good wine like my, it's so interesting my glass tastes like someone drank a coffee out of it yesterday and then pour you pour red wine in it today it that's exactly what it smells like <laughs> Well, I'm glad we're in agreement here. Um, we're going to enjoy the rest of this bottle of wine. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to hit stop recording here soon. Um, so, again, guys, thank you for listening. The Grinder 2017 Pinotage. Uh, do not mistake this for a red wine blend. This is a very uh, interesting and unique blend of two classic French grapes that somehow came to be a South American, so South African staple in the wine community yeah started out as a joke and it's actually very good yeah it's 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 weird it's leaving us speechless let's say that literally uh so guys thanks for listening uh and until next time cheers cheers